Welcome back to In Our Feels podcast. We are so excited. We have our first Brit on the show. And we don't just mean our co-host, Brittany. Yes, not me. But we are so excited to have our first guest from the UK on our podcast, Emily. Also known as Queen Caffeine Fitness on Instagram, Emily is a personal trainer in L.A., Pre-quarantine, Emily was a ClassPass user's favorite go-to instructor at various spin and hit studios. Currently, Emily has taken her fitness to online platforms and personal training. We love Emily's high-energy classes, all served with a fabulous accent. We are so thrilled to hear her perspective as a Brit in LA. Here is Queen Caffeine. What a welcome. Oh my God. (laughs) We miss you so much, Emily. Oh, I know. I miss you guys so much. I also miss like that morning routine, like seeing you all, like having like a bit of a party, like Let's be real. Health House is like a party. It is. It's a party. I think my favorite thing of class is seeing you and you're like this cute little British girl, but your playlists are straight hip hop. Straight fire. I know. So many people have said that like, you know, I'm this like little, small, like British girl. And then like they do my class and they listen to my music. They're like, okay. Like I wasn't ready for that. (laughs) Oh my God. Wait, so tell us how you got to LA. Like, what made you move here? So, I actually moved from England to Atlanta first. I lived in Atlanta for a year with my boyfriend's job. He moved uh, his, like, he had a company that he worked for in England, and they moved him out to Atlanta. So, we lived there for a year, which was great. Like, we loved it out there. We had a really great group of friends, um, and I was working still in fitness, but it's just a different scene out there. So I worked for Orange Theory and I worked for Cycle Bar um, and I worked for one like independent gym. And then we lived there for a year. And then at the end of the year, I think it was such a big transition, like England to America, just in general. Like we didn't live together before in England. We, li- we practically did, but we, we didn't. So we like, you know, moved across the world and we were kind of living together and everything was a lot. And uh, Tristan, my boyfriend, he thought this job was going to be like the job and it was the job for like a year and then it just kind of wasn't and then we were just not in, you know, we just were ready for a bit of a change and we always were going to end up here. We were meant to move to San Diego and then that kind of, we changed plans so then we we came out here for like a little trip and we'd been before but we came out and we decided this is where like we need to be, this is where we want to be. So after about, we, we lived in Atlanta for a year, we went home uh, for Christmas and then in January we road tripped from Atlanta to LA in like a budget truck with like all of our stuff, like me, Tristan and the dog. <laughs> and then we drove to LA over like five days and then that was it. That was like two, like, yeah, like almost three years ago. Oh my gosh. So you guys were always planning on living or living in LA. It just was a process? Well, yeah, the, the plan firstly was San Diego. Like we, we, well, we came out to San Diego before we ever moved to Atlanta because the, the plan was that the office was going to have a, a new office in San Diego. So we went to San Diego, which was our first like um, trip over the side. And we were just like, oh my God, this is amazing. Like we love the San Diego vibe. I still love San Diego. Like, I think it's amazing. It's just like so chill. I love it. Did it all, moved to Atlanta. Um, always knowing that San, like, you know, the West Coast San Diego is like where we were gonna go. And then when we knew that wasn't gonna happen with that situation, 
we thought we still want to be over there so we need to kind of make it happen ourselves so then he got a new job and it was in LA and we're close to San Diego like they're off they have another office down there so he goes down there occasionally and it's so funny how LA and San Diego are close but their vibes are just like so different what was the difference from Atlanta to San Diego slash LA I think the biggest so like the, the kind of good differences, I think we made like um, a home and like a connection and friends and kind of family because we didn't have anyone else much quicker in Atlanta. Like, and I don't know whether that was because we were kind of more in like the suburb area or just because it was that like kind of Southern hospitality type vibe, but we had a really good network um, of people there. And I think eventually if we had have stayed there, we would have kind of reached a ceiling with like work and stuff, but we did really enjoy it. But then you come out to LA and it's like, it's LA. There's nowhere like on earth like it, you know? Like it's really hard for people to, I feel like understand LA if they haven't properly been. So it was just a bit kind of bigger. It was like, you know, everything was a bit more happening and, you know, exciting. And so when we got here, we were just like, and I think it's so different to England. Like Atlanta is so different, but it's also not wild. Like LA is kind of wild. And, and where we're from in England is not. Wait, okay. so where are you from in England? Like underneath Manchester. Okay. So I'm north. Did you always plan on leaving to go to America? No, literally not at all. I feel like I'm one of those people, like I... If I have like something going on or like a problem, not that this is a problem, but just like something big, like I will kind of ignore it until the absolute last second. So my mom was like really kind of upset, you know, that we decided to go because I have two younger brothers, but I'm the only girl. And she was kind of upset, which, you know, understandable. And I was, but I just kind of didn't speak about it, didn't speak about it till like we kind of had signed the papers and we're like, yeah, we're going. Um, so it was just like, it was one of those things. Like, I remember my dad saying, like, why would you not go? Like, if you have this opportunity, like, why would you not do it? And I, I kind of had never thought about it. But when the opportunity like that presents itself in any situation in life, I feel like you should just be like, do you know what? Like, let's just, let's just do it and see what happens. Worst comes to worst, we just move home if we didn't like it. And now our family, like, want to come out here all the time. They're like, can we come and see you? Like, want to visit? Um, so I think it was, like, it was obviously, it was a great move. It was, like you know, the best thing we ever did, but, but it's like, it's a big thing. It's a big move right. really, across the, especially in times like this. It's so easy to book a flight, you know, it's 11 hours. So it's a long time, but we could be home in 11 hours. And right now we, we can't be like, so, so that's hard mentally. That's hard knowing that you cannot go home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when it gets tricky when you're so far away. Other times like FaceTime, Zoom is like, it's great. But when you cannot leave, like, times like this that's when it's hard i believe that so what were you picturing when you moved out here were you still doing fitness already back in the uk but now you've gone to all these studios so what were you thinking your path would be once you moved out here you know what i don't really know and i think that was where i the good thing was i didn't kind of have expectations especially from england to atlanta and then atlanta i kind of got a feel for it the the gyms like in england the kind of boutique gyms like health house and that kind of they're not like in London, they're kind of big and they're like, you know, getting there, but I wasn't in London. So I, I didn't have anything like that. So I was going from gyms in England, like the equivalent of kind of 24 hour fitness type gyms, just like big, huge, like members, like 
you know, cheap, cheerful, like having classes. And then I moved out to Atlanta where they started to become like more franchise, smaller boutiques, and then to LA where it's even kind of more unique and independent. So when I got to LA, um, I was like, oh my God, there's like a fitness studio every other like store. Like there's so many. But also I was like, you know, like, I don't know, like this is all new, so, you know. So the, the good thing was, Cycle Bar and Orange Theory were in Atlanta and they were also in LA. So I worked for both of those when I got to LA because I just kind of transferred. Um, and then I started finding the kind of unique, like independent one-off ones, which is the ones I'm still at now, um, which is amazing. And I lo love Health House. I'm at Burn 60 as well and I love that. And so it's really cool to see the difference like from England to Atlanta and to LA. So I didn't really have a, an idea, but I think that was good. Uh -huh, you're just going with the flow. Yeah, totally. So where did your fitness journey begin? Like how old were you? When did you discover your love for working out and fitness and all? So funny, my background, my degree um, is in fashion marketing and journalism. So I went to, I know, so random. I went to, I always wanted to do that. So when it, in England, when, so you go to uni when, I don't know, like 18 or whatever. So I'd always wanted to do fashion, not design, but I just wanted to be in that kind of area. But also, I was 18. When you're 18, what do you actually know about anything yeah. at that time? Yeah. But I did kind of, and I was creative, and I, you know, I really liked that. So I went to uni, studied that for four years. My middle year, third year, I went out and worked in industry. I had a really amazing placement with a really cool fashion brand. Lived away from home. Nearly didn't go back to my final year because I was like, I, like I'm a doer. I don't want to be studying. Like I want to be out there. And I, and I could have, but I'm glad I finished it and got my degree. And so, because I wasn't in London, I didn't live in London after this, when I graduated, it, it was difficult that time to work in fashion if you weren't in London. And I wasn't ready to live there. Mm -hmm. So I stayed in marketing and PR and journalism, but I worked for some different companies. I worked for like a recruitment company. Um, I helped a, like a, a lifestyle PR company. So I did bits that were in that area, but they weren't fashion. And I kind of did freelance, but I'd always done fitness on my own. Like me and my mom used to go to the gym, me and my best friend, like I'd always gone, you know, like for myself. And then I was like getting to the point where I was kind of bouncing around in these jobs, these like marketing jobs. And I was just like so unhappy. Like I was just so, I don't know. I just was like not interested in what I was doing. Um, and I also really strongly felt like I didn't have a skill like, I just thought, what, what is it that I'm good at? Because I feel like I don't know, so I'm not doing it. So I really, really had, got, had this complex that like, I don't know what I'm good at, I, you know, I don't know what, what my kind of skill is. Um, so I did this marketing job, which was like, you know, going through the motions, I was like over it. And you were 20 at this time? I was a little bit older, so I probably worked like in and out of like marketing different jobs from like, so I was 18, 19, 20. I was probably like 22 to like 20, 21 to like 24 ish. Okay. Like kind of going in between like one company. I kind of it, was there for a few months, went back there, back. And then I'd always done fitness. And one of my friends was like, why don't you train? Like, why don't you like train in a program? Cause in England, it was like, you taught a program at a gym rather than you, like you belonged. So you like, there's a program called Les Mills, which is taught at, 24 hour fitness and like LA fitness and um they're kind of like dancey but not kind of choreographed and I loved it and I used to go all the time 
And Claire, she's like, why don't you do it, my friend? She's like, why don't you try it? So I was like, oh, okay. So I trained in one program. And then from there, because I was already like a member, I was from a small town. I was a member of these gyms. I knew these people that worked there. I knew the instructors. And I got work much quicker than I thought. Um, and so I was kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to be able to like leave this like nine to five job yeah. wow. and do this fitness stuff, which I was like, thank God, but I didn't think it would go that quickly. And I didn't do personal training at this point. It was just classes. And then one day I was like, do you know what? Like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And I quit my job and I was just like, okay, I'm going to do classes, which was like a big income, like loss. I was living at home with my parents. Tristan was like, like, if you don't do it now kind of thing, you're never going to do it. So like set up on your own. So I did. And then I did that for a while, like bounced around different gyms, did different classes. And then it was really great. And I was kind of getting into the swing of it. And I was like, yeah, this is great. And then we got this, this kind of offer to move to America. So I was like, that was another reason why it was difficult because I was like, shit, I've just kind of built this. I'm like, I finally feel like this is what I'm meant to be doing. And this is what I'm good at. Cause I feel like I'm a very like, you know, I am good at social interactions. That's why I love, I love being with people. And I found that I was good at that in like the fitness space. And then it was like, okay, we're like going to move to Atlanta. So I'm like, um, but then I did move to Atlanta and, and that, and I had no choice. Like that was my thing and I had to be good at it and I had to like excel and learn. And I did like, I feel like I do now you learn on the job with every job. So that's how I kind of got into it. So it wasn't something I always kind of wanted to do, but it's something I always loved. And sometimes like you don't do what you love. And I feel so lucky that I actually do love my job because so many people don't. And I actually hand on heart love what I do and like love being with people and seeing people. That's it's true. so crazy. You just go with your gut, I feel like. Yeah. I, and I, I feel like I do. And then other, other things that are like so ridiculous, like, oh, you know, like, should I buy this pair of shoes? I'm thinking about it for, like, five weeks. But then, like, I'm like, okay, like, gonna move across the world. You know, like, my, my kind of logic is so weird with that. Did you have all support to, like, quit your job from your parents and your boyfriend and your friends? Yeah, I, I actually think I did. I feel like they knew that I wasn't, like, doing what I wanted to do. But I also think they understood that I didn't really know what I wanted to do either. And I think that's such a... I think it's one, it's quite common. I think it's also really difficult because you're in a space where you don't want to be, you don't want to have this job, but you actually don't know what else you want to do. So you're kind of like, well, if I quit, what am I going to do? So I didn't quit before I had something else, which I think was smart because I nearly did. But I was getting to the point where I was just like, I, was, I would come home and I would like cry because I was like upset and I just thought, what can I do? And then my boyfriend was like, just like, you need to like get like leave you need to you know leave the job like do something my parents are the same um but actually it worked out god like i've always worked like since i was like 13 i've had like part-time jobs so i think they knew that it would come good so i feel like that's why they were like yeah go for it because they knew somehow somewhere i, I would be working and it'd be fine and it was so they knew they knew that <laughs> what made you so good at strength training and core because I feel like that's where you're really good at yeah and you know what it's funny because I was talking to my clients about this one of my clients about this like this week because I was like a cardio like bunny like I loved it I wanted to be like bouncing around like running like going a thousand miles an hour mm -hmm. and I loved that and I still do love that um because I love that kind of like endorphins like there's nothing better than like finishing a workout and feeling like oh my god like 
that was kind of hell, but I still love it. But I think what changed is like, when you like get to a point in fitness, like to change your body, you've got to have a bit of everything. You've got to have cardio, you've got to have strength, you've got to have recovery, you've got to have everything. And I was getting to the point, like before I was kind of an instructor, and even when I was like an early instructor, like I was loving this cardio, I was like chasing that high, but I was thinking like my body isn't kind of doing what I wanted to do, or I'm not making the changes that I, I want to make for me. But I didn't do a lot of strength training. I really didn't because I was like, this is boring. Like I hate lifting weights. Um, but strength training, resistance training is what is going to change your body and how you look. So I feel like I did like have to work on, I had to work to love that. Um, but that's kind of where, you, where your body changes. That's where your body's receptive. That's where you see those differences. You feel like, oh yeah, actually like I am getting stronger and I am you know, I look, my look different. Like cardio is obviously great for that. It's going to keep you lean and it's amazing. It's so good for you, but so is strength training. So I think I had to learn to love it. But then when I did love it, you love it because it gives you something. It, it, you see the results. Going back to when you first started teaching, do you remember those moments? Do you remember your first clients, your first classes, or even how your teaching yeah. skills were? <laughs> oh my God, they were probably awful when I look back. But I remember in England, the very first one, this was when I was, uh, I was working for a, like a ticketing like company that sold like tickets to gigs, their marketing and social media and stuff. And then one of the gyms had said like, will you come and do like a test class, you know, so we can see what you like. So I had to like skive out of my job and be like, oh, I've got a dentist appointment. Oh, my I was God. going to like the gym. So... I got there and I had to teach like a 30 minute, like maybe no equipment, you know, hit class, whatever it was. And I got there, like the microphone wasn't working. It was all these people as well, which was awkward that I used to be in classes with. So I knew them, which made it kind of harder because they knew me, I knew them. So I felt more awkward. And like when you're teaching, you're like moving and you're going crazy anyway, but like no microphone is really hard because you're expending so much energy screaming and also trying to do the move. So I remember at the end of it, I was like, oh my God. But then that was my first like job after that. They were like, yeah, we'll put you on the schedule. So I was like, amazing. And I was like, this is great. Wow. But th yeah, it was definitely being in front of people on a microphone, like on your own, being the center of attention is like, a, is a hard thing at the beginning. Wow. I've never thought of that. Yeah. Like all eyes, I, I'm not like a, I don't know. I feel like when all eyes are on you and they're just like waiting, it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh. But your energy is always so insane in your classes. Like you're jumping mm -hmm. the highest. How do you get that energy? Like, do you love working out or what gives you that motivation? Yeah, honestly. And it's so like cheesy to say, but I actually, I just love it. I like, I love, I love working out in classes. I love to take classes. Like, you know, when I'm not teaching, I'm at Health House or I'm at Berg's, I'm doing the workouts, which I think is really important because whether you're going to, whether it's fitness, whether it's like anything, if you're buying a product, if you're taking something, like the person that is selling you that product or giving you that product, you've got to know that they believe in that as well. Like you've got to know that they, they love that or, you know, they believe in it. And like, I truly do. Like, I love working out. I think it's so great. And not even like the physical aspects are great, obviously. But for me, it's so much mental as well. Like, you just feel better. And hasn't quarantine just showed you what exercise can do? Because for some people, 
and I'm sure like it's all happened to us like that one hour in quarantine and this whole crazy pandemic where you're working out is like sometimes the best hour of your day because you feel good mm-hmm. like you know it makes you feel great and it's a social thing and so I feel like it gives me energy that I know I'm going to feel better after it like I it gives me energy that people are going to feel that after they've come to my class and also like you never know like you never know people coming into your studio, into your class. You don't know what they're dealing with out there. Like that could be their one hour of their whole entire day that they forget like the world. And I think Health House is great at that. Mm-hmm. When that door closes, like there's no light, there's no nothing. You are in there and it's like, oh shit. Like, we- it's like go time. It's go time. Yeah. So, you know, that's like such an important thing mentally and physically, I feel like. Being, working out wherever you are, whether you're like on the beach, hiking, whatever it is. I think it's so important for, for everyone to kind of experience that. Could you talk a little bit about when women don't want to lift weights because they don't want to bulk up and they want to yes. only do cardio? That's what my mom is super afraid of with me. Yeah, I feel like everyone is. And I, you know what? I get it. And I, you know, I feel like talk to any guy they will, who's like muscly. For example, like anyone, you know, the guys at Health House are like ripped. If you say to them, like, oh, I'm worried, like, I'm going to get bulky. They're like, do you know how long it took me to, like, get bulky like this? Like, they're trying their whole lives. And I know men and women's bodies are very different. But it's, you know, it's difficult to to build muscle and to show the muscle that you have built, like, to be super lean and, like, get, like, biceps. Like, I work out, I strength train almost every day, and I don't have, like, popping biceps like a man, you know? You have popping abs, though. (laughs) Popping. (laughs) Your abs are insane, though. I want your abs when I grow up. (laughs) Well, and everyone always says, like, how do I get abs? How do I get abs? But I tell you, 90% of your abs are coming from what you eat and your nutrition. So you eat healthy, would you say? Yeah, I do. I always tell my clients, I go for, like, a four and a half, two and a half. Like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, like, Friday to, like, 3 p.m. or whenever my day's over. Like, I'm pretty strict. Like, I'm pretty good. Like, I don't kind of... I, I like, I, it's not like I'm not eating carbs or like sugar, but I just don't have like treats or like wine or like stuff like that in the week. I'm pretty like straightforward. Like my meals are kind of, you know, not crazy. And then Friday, like evening, Saturday, Sunday, I'm more flexible and I will go out to dinner and I'll drink wine. And, um, cause I don't like to think oh, I'll never have that, but I'm just, I feel like I'm smart with my choices and, you know, nutrition is so key to so many other things that's not just fitness related but like how you feel in yourself like your skin your teeth your like so many weird things that nutrition is like connected to so I do eat healthy in the week like I eat carbs like I eat a lot of carbs um because carbs is what gives you energy like to do these hard workouts so I do eat carbs but I'm conscious of like what they are and like you know um, and then weekends, I'm just kind of like free to be a bit more flexible on what I want to eat. I've seen okay. you splurge on John and Vinny's before. Yeah, listen, I've no lie. For, like, I don't know how many weeks we've been in this quarantine, right? For honestly, about the first 10 weeks, every single Saturday night, we had John and Vinny's takeaway because nothing else was open. <laughs> and we used to pick it up, and every single week, there was an hour and a half wait because everyone was obviously doing the same thing. Every single week, we used to order it like, we used to have to order at like 6 p.m. for it to be ready for like 7.5. It was crazy. We just had it for the first time. We did. Yeah. Also, it was for our first podcast ever. And we were like, you know what? We're going to try it out. It was so good. It's 
so good and it's so funny like when you go in when it's open whenever that may be it's, it's tiny right and they like blast like the hip-hop like the heavy heavy it's oh it's your type of place <laughs> like, it, honestly it's great it's such a good vibe you have to book about eight weeks in advance to get table <laughs> i feel like we've tried like I think Crystal wanted to go on a date there or something. Not a date, but I did have a birthday party plan. Oh, yeah. That's something we wanted to go to. And but then you have to book really far enough. We didn't realize that till after. Yeah. Oh, gosh. You're like, damn it. But it's good. Yeah. We miss you so much, especially with quarantine. But Shannon's been on her own. Brittany and I still live at home. But you, you're engaged. <laughs> yes. How, how has it been? I mean... It's been fine. It's been great. We, you know, we got engaged in December. We are, well, our, our wedding was booked when we were home at Christmas. We booked it for December, this December. Aww. Every day that gets closer to it, you're like, oh shit. Like at the moment, nothing is cancelled. But we're just kind of waiting it out. And like, I feel like I'm quite chilled about it right now because we don't really know. Yeah. The, the main issues we're going to have is the like capacity because they might say like you can only have like 30 people because that's what they've said at the moment in England weddings are allowed to happen from August the 1st but only 30 people at reception mm-hmm. and my family is like 30 people so we couldn't do that because my family oh, so what we're hoping like they will every like couple of weeks they'll extend that capacity as long as everything goes well but the other thing is obviously the travel restrictions they need to be cleared up and fine for us to go so we've kind of been doing slow planning, like, you know, nothing, nothing like too intense because obviously we don't, we don't know if it's going to happen. Like we bought the venue in December, so that's fine. Okay. Um, that's good though. Yeah. So we kind of, it's ready to go if we can do it. And if not, we'll just probably push it to maybe February. But like, I just feel like we, we don't know. So there's no point in being stressed about it because if, we, if it can happen, like, amazing. If it can't, there's nothing we can do about it anyway. So we'll just have to. It seems like the place you booked with is flexible and date, which is yeah, nice. Yeah, and they really are. And I feel like, you know, they we would do it, this obviously, the same venue. We would we w- probably wouldn't wait a year. Like, lots of, my cousin was meant to be getting married in June on the 13th. And they rebooked for, like, May 1st. So they're, like, a whole year. But the thing with us is because we are over here, yeah. like we don't want to kind of wait that long because a year is a long time like we, so hopefully if we did have to postpone it we would postpone it for kind of as little time as possible maybe february um but like we booked it on the 23rd of december like like the Aww. next day would be christmas eve like it would be like cold like i know i know perfect but if it doesn't happen on then it doesn't happen we'll do it in february but everything's kind of in place to happen if we get the go ahead wow oh, wow so you're doing it in london or in the uk it's, yeah it's in um it's kind of like in out in the countryside like it's very english like it's very english like it's the only it's like a pub wedding venue type thing and it's the only place like pub in england that is still owned by the queen oh my oh god my i just saw princess beatrice's wedding yeah so cute oh my god so cute but um yeah it's very english very english countryside uh, and my parents actually got married there like, oh my years, God. like that's so cute two years ago so we didn't even look anywhere else that's amazing 
So you already knew that's where you wanted to go. We already knew that that was where I, I already knew that's where. Yeah. I was. And he was totally fine with it. He's like, yes. Yeah, and we we've been there. Like it's it's close to where we live, so we've been there like lots of times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we booked it Christmas because we knew that we like, and we also wanted to book it so we knew it was going to happen. Because again, because we're not at home, we were meant to go home June and August for weddings that obviously both got cancelled. Oh my gosh. So hopefully, like, I don't know if we'll get to go home before December, if it still happens. I just, like, even if it doesn't happen, I just don't want to be here for Christmas. That's true, that's true, which is completely understandable. How did he propose to you? Um, we were, so, we went to New York before we flew to England for Christmas. Um, for like three days, we were going to be in New York three days and fly home. So we'd stayed at a hotel when we went to New York first time years and years ago before we'd moved out here called um, Refine- The Refinery. Um, and it was like an amazing hotel, really, really nice. So we were staying there and it was Christmas. Obviously like New York at Christmas is so cute. And then we, it has like a huge rooftop, uh, like a rooftop like bar. And then one day he was like, oh, we're going to have brunch at, um, on the roof. And I was like, okay, cool. And then so we got up there and he was like kind of being kind of sketch. I was just like, what's he doing? You didn't know. And then we got to this rooftop and the, the elevators opened. There was like no one there. And I was like, like, this is like four days before Christmas. Like, like this is weird. And then, so when we walked out and there was like flowers and champagne and then I was like, okay, I do. And he was like, okay, we're not having brunch. And then he, he like got down on one knee. He's like, will you marry me? <gasps> My favorite film. And my favorite like person is Audrey Hepburn. Oh my god! And I love Audrey Hepburn. I love Breakfast Tiffany's, and it was a Tiffany ring. And we actually had breakfast at Tiffany's because you can have breakfast there. So we once we like done had the champagne. It's like ten in the morning. We're like slinging back champagne. (laughs) Um, And also because it was like evening in England. Oh my god! So my my dad already knew, but my mom didn't. But my dad knew. And so I had to FaceTime. They were like on the train back from London. Oh my God. So then I FaceTimed them and then we went to Tiffany's. Wow. And the Tiffany's on Fifth Avenue was like six floors and it has like a huge like restaurant. So we had breakfast there and it was like really cute. And then we flew home the next day and like it was Christmas and we had this. Wow. I know. And then we got home and then we had Christmas. And then on like the 2nd of January, 3rd of January, we went to the place, the White Well, it's called. And then we bought the wedding, wet light on the 3rd of Jan. So it was like all go. So he, he really planned it well. He did. He did really plan it well. Did you have any idea that he was going to propose like within this year? I felt like he would do it when we were either going home or at home. I, I felt like he wasn't going to do it like in LA. So okay. I thought... So I didn't like know he had anything planned and I wasn't kind of like thinking it was going to happen, but I thought he, he, I kind of had an idea, maybe this would be a good time or I thought it maybe would be when we're in England. Wow. So, and it was great timing because we flew home. We landed on like the morning of Christmas Eve, maybe of 23rd. And then we had like celebrations with our family, which was really fun. And because it's always like a celebration when we get home because we only are home like maybe twice a year. Yeah. With our extended family, like our parents come here. So we had like, my auntie did a really cute little like party for us. Um, and it was really, really fun. Um, and then my parents came out here in February and we got my dress while, we, while they were here. Oh, perfect. So I had it sent to England, so it's in England. 
Wow. So were there any giveaways? I know sometimes guys say, hey, like, go get your nails done for this. Or one of my friends actually found the ring before he proposed. (gasps) Yeah. Did you? So were you sensing anything? I, well, I always have my nails done. I have my nails done. And I was like ready to, it was like Christmas. So, you know, he got it. We were like shopping uh, on like Fifth Ave, just like, you know, it was Christmas. He was like packed. And so, I don't know, he went to pick it up whilst we were in New York. He didn't take it from LA to New York. He picked it up at Tiffany's. So he, I don't know what he went like, he was like, I'm going to run to the shop to get this. I'm going to go get the coffee while you are like trying on this and like Abercrombie or whatever. So he picked it up then. Wow, he's and slick. And then the morning of, like we'd work, we'd been to the, like, the, we'd worked out or something. We'd been to Rumble maybe in New York. And like, he was like, our, our reservation for brunch, which didn't happen, was like at 10 a.m. And he was like late and he was like, I was like, what are you doing? Like you weren't very organized for this big occasion because he was late. But then anyway, it was fine. How long have you guys known each other, been together for? We've been together six years. Wow. Six years in August, actually. Aww. I know. So it's been a long time. If you know any single bachelors, send them over to... <laughs> Especially <laughs> British ones. Yeah, at, their, at your wedding. <laughs> okay, I'm going to keep an eye out. Send them your way. Preferably after quarantine so we can actually see each other. I know. Oh, my God. Post-quarantine, whenever that is going to be. That's so true. Wait, so Emily, do you have tips for people quarantining with their partners? Because a lot of people are having issues. Oh my God, I know. Um, I would say tips are try and keep to like a schedule as much as possible. Like it's really difficult. And I feel like this is for people like with partners and without, but try and keep a schedule, like try and have a little bit of normality, like, uh, you know, doing things on your own, I feel like is also really important. I go and like have clients or like work out or whatever. And like Tristan will like take the dog out or go and have his like meetings, like a coffee shop with work. And I think that's really important because if you are with each other all the time, that is not, that is not a good thing. Cause you've got to have that independence. We used to have, when we lived in England, we used to have this thing. So we didn't live together. We lived with our parents, but every night we would kind of be at one house with the other. And so we had this thing called night of appreciation where we would have one night a week where he would stay in his house, I would stay at my house. And I would either see the girls or I would like, usually I wouldn't even see the girls. I would like have a shower and like do a face mask and read a book. And it was like a night away just to like do your own thing. And even when you live together, I think that's really important. But also, so is doing those nice things like going to like walk to get coffee together or like breaking up the day because the days in quarantine can be really long yeah that is so yes. cute i love that idea you gotta keep your independence so it's, you know you've got to keep your your little side time and projects and whatever it is like you know you live together you're a partnership but also it's nice to just have like an alone time or like a walk to the park or see your friends whatever it is like you've still got to have that because you still got to be yourself and then you come together and you're like, oh, we're a better team, but yeah. I can still have my life. Brittany and I actually, we've, actually the three of us had this discussion on a previous episode about dating from when we're still living at home. Yeah. Okay, so how was, how was that for you at the time? It, it's hard. It's really, really hard. Like now I look back and I think like, God, like we did that for a long time and it's, it's difficult. And I think, I, I actually think like, you know, we moved out here and lived together for like the first real time 
But I think that was a really good thing. I, I felt like we kind of probably argued or bickered less when we did that because when you're in other people's like spaces, like sometimes you need a, an argument. Like you need a fight. You need like to shout. You know what I mean? Yes. I'm a very argumentative person. I like, I, and sometimes you've got to do that to get out whatever you feel. And when we lived with our parents, I felt like we couldn't do that because like your mom hears you argue and she's like, oh God, like what's happening? Oh my gosh. Stupid argument, you know, like it's nothing big deal. But when you're under someone else's roof, it kind of is because they are involved. So I think that was hard because you never really have your own space. Yeah, You're not always free to, you know, say what you want to say or fight or whatever it is. Uh And the other thing I think is hard is constantly going back and forward, like, Obviously, it was my house and his house, and he was there, He was here, I was there. And our relation, our family relations got really, really well. But you're always like, I was like living out of like a bag all the time because I was like staying over and then I was going home and vice versa. So that is difficult because you feel like you don't really have a base. And we did look before the America, before it was an option, we did look at um, apartments and like think about like, you know, moving in together. And we would have done. Yeah. Uh, but then this came about so it was different but it is it's really hard living with your parents like and having a boyfriend or girlfriend whatever it's really hard what about like privacy like did you feel like you ever had privacy for like I feel like it was different like my family I have two younger brothers my mom and dad and we're all like in each, we had three dogs like it was crazy my house was really loud and there's always like crazy things going on so I feel like my house no we didn't ever um but then his house, his dad works away quite a lot. His sister lived away. His mom lives at home and she works like early. She's a nurse. She works very early. So she went to bed early and woke up early. So at his house, we did because there was less people. It was less crazy. Um, my mom used to work shift. So she was kind of in and out random times or she was like asleep because she was on a night shift. So his house was was definitely, we had more privacy. Um but my house, we both worked in a like two, like literally two minutes away. So my house was much easier to be at in that sense because we were two minutes away from work. But in other senses, it was more chaotic. Like my house has like a sign that says like controlled chaos or something because it's like, it's crazy. I feel like I can relate to you so much about that because I 100% agree. And you don't want it any other way. Like I love my house, I love my family, but to that point, that is, it's hard. True. Did you guys live kind of close to each other? Yeah, like 15 minutes, not even. Oh, okay. So you guys were close. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Well, we want to know where you got your Instagram name from. Oh, Queen <laughs> Caffeine. It started my that Instagram cuz I also have a an Instagram, which is my name, which is like, it's a private, it's not private. Your Finsta? <laughs> it's just like, it has like family, friends. And it, that was my original one. But I started Queen Caffeine as a, as a bit of a like, not foodie, I wouldn't say foodie, but just like, we used to travel a lot, like me and my friends, me and Tristan, like my family. Um, Cause when you're in England, obviously Europe is so close. And we used to go yeah. to Spain a lot, we used to go to Italy. And so it started off as a bit more of like a, I loved going to like coffee shops with a book or like reading or like going to new places. So we started off more like that. Um, more kind of like lifestyle if you know what I mean. Um, finding coffee shops, cooking, baking. And then it kind of slowly turned into more about my life. Like right at the beginning, I would say for the first like four months or whatever it was, there was never like pictures of me. Do you know what I mean? It was more like, of like, 
travel, food. Yeah, it was more like that. But then the more like my I got into fitness, the more I realized that social media is such a huge tool for that. It became more about like me and my fitness and my kind of daily life. And then especially when I came to, when I moved to Atlanta, it, it was like more the one that I used because I actually did, because I didn't know people. That was like the, the way I was like getting to connect with them. Yeah. Um, so it, it started because I used to love going to these coffee shops and I, when I was an intern, I used to intern at this fashion company and like, I lived on my own. Like I lived in this little tiny, tiny little like country town and I used to like find the coffee shops and like go with my book. Like I'm like a huge book nerd. Like I love to read. Cause I think there's something really amazing about sitting in a coffee shop with a book for like five hours. Like there's nothing like it. So that's where it came from. But then it's so true because I still love to do that now. Oh, I love coffee, especially my iced coffees in the morning. <laughs> Me too. So Emily, where do you see your journey moving on from here? Is it going to still going to be in fitness, doing studios? Or do you think one day you'll probably even open your own studio back home too? I definitely want to stay in fitness. Like I love fitness. I love, you know, training my clients. Um, I think we'll stay in America. You know, I, we don't have plans to like move back to England. I feel like we would love to, you know, be here. Um, and what I, I would love for my family eventually, they, they're still working, but I'd love for my mom and dad to like move out here or, you know, be able to spend, because they're, both our parents still work full time. So when they like retire or whatever, it'd be nice for them to be able to come out for like a few months at a time or, you know, stay out here for longer. So that would be great. And I'd love to work in fitness. Like I'd love to stay in fitness. I don't know if I'd have my own, like it would be, I would love to maybe like a like I'd love to have a place to train my clients not necessarily like a studio but just like a setup where I could, they could be in my home and I always said I wanted like a little coffee shop like a cute little coffee shop Aww. you know like somewhere really homely I'm trying to think in the LA like where I look like Bandier you know how it's like a fitness yeah, studios yeah, and then know. I've actually never I've never been to the studio at Bandier um but that. that kind of vibe yeah I love like just the cute little coffee shop I feel like I feel like good things happen in nice coffee shops, like conversations, <laughs> like the people you meet, the conversations you have with like strangers. I think it's really cool. But I, fitness is always going to be part of like my life. Definitely. I don't know if you know the Instagram account. We're not really strangers, but yes. it has quotes and questions. And we ask our guest a final question from the card game. Go for it. Your question is, what title would you give this chapter in your life? Oh, wow. I would give it something like, something really bland, like the unknown. Oh! I think I said it before, controlled chaos is kind of a good one. Yeah. Because you're like, we talk about this all the time. Imagine on New Year's Eve this year, if you knew 2020 was going to be like this. Like, imagine like what we would have thought. And I feel like life has been so wild since all this has happened. Mm-hmm. But I think it is chaos, but I think it's kind of, you know, it is unknown. And I feel like sometimes that is the hardest part for me. It's like being comfortable in the unknown because you don't know what's going to happen. We don't know if studios are going to open. We don't know if I'm going to be back in a studio. We don't know if I'm going to be able to go home. So I would say getting comfortable in the unknown is this chapter in my life. Oh, well, we are so happy that you joined us today. Yes, so happy 
you asked me, you guys. And where could uh, our listeners find you? What are you up to right now? You can find me bouncing around LA. <laughs> yeah, well, at Queen Caffeine Fitness. Um, I'm, I'm doing Zoom classes. I'm doing live classes from Health House. I'm training clients virtually. We're doing some clients in the park. Um, so we're just kind of working with this kind of new normal situation. Like I'm just trying to adapt and, you know, still, still do what I do and like love to do in this new era. So Queen Caffeine Fitness and you'll see what is happening. Either at the gym or the coffee shop. <laughs> yes. like my life, literally. So if anyone needs to find you and they want a personal trainer, they can just DM you? Just DM me. Yeah, I'm always on there. Like DM me. My email address is on there as well, I think. But just uh, send me a message and um, that's the best way to contact me, I think. The, Instagram is the new world, you guys, isn't it? Yes. It's very true. Yes. But thank you so much for asking me. So fun to chat with you. I miss you all. We yeah. miss you. We can't wait to experience your energy in person again. I know. Me neither. I can't wait. Fingers crossed. Not too long. Uh, until then. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the interview with Emily. Follow her at Queen Caffeine Fitness and DM for personal training. Besides Emily, also be sure to slide into our DMs at Inner Feels Podcast. And make sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Thank you so much. As always, we love you. See you next Monday. Bye. Bye.